Welcome to Cross Lane Community Church, where we are committed to bringing people to Jesus. We hope you enjoy this online message. Well, uh, just to, to clarify, I know a few people have made comments, so I'm, I'm just going ahead and clarifying, but I, I, I did a little shaving, and, and I've heard several comments. I, I couldn't go all the way, I, you know, but we took a, a few years off, and uh, uh, I didn't want to go back to fifth grade, so I didn't clean shave it, but it's a little lighter. And now the brother is dropped, so. But I just wanted to clarify that because people have been saying stuff. Hey, I get, I get to preach. Not only do I get to preach today, I get to preach next week too. This is absolutely crazy. This has never been done in the history of Cross Lane. Me, two Sundays in a row. And uh, so it was kind of been a little joke in the office, you know. It's like, man, I, f- I finally, you know, get to have my own mini-series, you know. Like, two-week series. And so... Uh, so we're excited about it. Brett gets to be away for a couple weeks, uh, which is just great uh, that he gets to do that. And um, But we, we got talking and thought, well, yeah, I, I could preach. And it's, it's been like a year and a half since, since I preached, which just feels like it's been forever. So if you're new to us today, there's a couple things. First of all, just welcome. Welcome here. And you've you got to promise me you're going to hang out for a couple weeks until you take in a real Sunday. When, uh I call the diesel when he's back in effect and uh, preaching you. Uh, but the, but uh, we just decided, yeah, we'll do this. And so got a little uh, mini-series I'm going to be hanging out with in the next couple of weeks talking about. And I just, I just hope I just kind of lead you in worship. Um, the, the message I'm kind of excited about, I think it's important because I think it really can just hit us. I, I mean, hit all of us where, right where we are. Um, it's not going to be a bunch of new information. Uh, I'm certainly not trying to impress you. It's not going to be new information. It's just going to be encouragement. For some of us, it might be a little more challenging. Some of us, it would just be a, a good encouragement. But uh, the, the big idea, really, of, of this morning is just for all of us that, that know. I mean, we know. We just know that the life we're living is not the life we should be living or, or we could be living we, we could be living some of us would say it's not the life that I want to live there's this deep nagging down in me and it's, it's kind of billowing up that I know something's off and uh, I just know this isn't the life that really I, I, I could or want to be living and some of us would even be as bold as to just say well I straight up know I'm living a life that I should not be living um, and the beautiful thing about the cross in Jesus is we can all grow and, and, and learn from wherever we're at. So the big idea is for the for this is for all of us who know that that we're not we're not on track. And so what what we're talking about is I, I thought well how does the Bible describe um, kind of a, a course adjustment, course correction when 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 God talks about getting us back in in the zone back back on course what does that look like and it usually in the bible it's it's the analogy of a of a door and, and that's our illustration for the the series is just a um a door a door literally means opportunity okay so i mean you walk through doors all the time at your home go to office go here you always go through a door to go to somewhere new it's a new space it's a new opportunity it's it's somewhere different and so god's always using this uh analogy of of doors in our in his word for our life i want to start with this scripture uh, revelations 3 it says it like this 
Uh, what he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. Now, I just want to stop right there and just clearly say to some of you that what he opens, no one can shut. Listen, God has opened a door, an opportunity to have a relationship with him through the blood of Jesus Christ, okay? Our relationship with him is completely distorted by sin, and he's opened up an opportunity. And that's why many of you have believed that and have accepted that. That's the vision of this church is bringing people to Jesus because he restores the opportunity. He, he's the, the door, the, the doorway to restore relationship with God. But what you need to know is what he opens, no one can shut. That means not even you can shut it. Your situation, your decisions, your past, nothing of your doing can you shut the door. And that's good news. That's good news for a lot of us. And then he goes on to say, and what he shuts, no one can open. And, and I really believe, there might be some people in here this morning that that's really all you really need to hear. That if we're honest with ourselves, let's get past some of the, the you know, Sunday veneer, and, and, and let's just be honest, that there is some heavy, weighty stuff that we've gone through some wrong doors and, and we're off track. And, and the problem is, is that we get thinking, I've, I've tried. I've, I've tried to shut this door, but I keep getting drawn back into it and I keep going back down this path and, and I've tried. And, and you need to just understand that you need to get God involved because when God shuts a door, no one can open it. And some of you just might need to be getting alone with God today and saying, God, I, I need your help. I'm, I'm tired and I'm weary I want this darn door shut. Shut it, God. Some of you might just need to know that. But then look at this truth he puts in the middle of this, this scripture. He says, by the way, I, I know what you're up to. I know your deeds. Okay, it's not hidden from me. I know your deeds. And then are you, he's still interested. He says, see, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. So the good news, whether we're mild, whether we're severely off track this morning God has opened the door and when he opens a door no one can shut it and he's longing to have you come back and, and get in on this what, what we're talking about today is um, just that that well let's do another scripture and then we'll get into it Ephesians 5 will help set the basis of the, of the foundation of what we're talking about and then we'll, we'll keep going um, and get into the, the message so Ephesians 5 say this be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. So you're, you're, you're going to have choices, okay? There's going to be doors every day of your life, right? And what to walk in, decisions, opportunities. There's going to be doors. And it's saying, you've got an option here. It's saying, be wise. Don't be unwise. Make the most of every opportunity, choose the right door right and it says this because the days are evil and then it goes on to say therefore do not be foolish but understand what the lord's will is and that's what we're talking about that's the million dollar question right there you'd say kyle that's it i don't know what the lord's will is for my life i am off track of course i don't know what the will is some of you have been around the, the whole christian you know vibe for a while maybe and and you know we've talked about what is the will of the lord I mean, for a long time. I mean, in your own walk, that's always a question you're asking, right? I mean, it starts back at, you know, 
what college do I go to? What, what's your will, Lord? What, what school do you want me to go to? Or, you know, what's your will, Lord? Who, who should I marry? I mean, because he's really hot, but he's got all the money. You know, like, what's your will? Where, where do I go for right here, you know? The will of the Lord is something we, we, all, we all wonder. And, and if I can be very serious, um, you know, a lot of times if, if I get called, hey, Kyle, can I come talk to you? Kyle, can I stop by? I need to talk about something. A lot of the, the conversations I, I have with people, it, this is what it is. I mean, it, it's direction. It, it's, I don't know what to do. There, there's two doors in front of me. There's, there's ten doors in front of me. And I, I just want to honor God. And, and I don't know what, what way to go. And I mean, and I can't speak for Brett, but I would assume 98% of his conversations in his office are, are you know, of the same nature. We just want direction. And so some of us, even though we're way off track, we know, we know it, and, and we're trying to get back and, and so forth. And, and so that's, that's, that's where we're hanging out the next couple of weeks. Uh, doors is, is what we're using as kind of the, the, the will of God. Door has a, a, two borders, and, and that's what we're going to be looking at, that, that God's will has, has these two borders. It's a lot like the game of uh, golf. Some of you uh, might be golfers. I, I really am not a golfer. I mean, it would be foolish to say I'm a golfer. I golf like once a year, you know, and sometimes I get crazy, go five times. I've never owned a pair of golf shoes, um, and I've been known. Uh, one time I went golfing with my cousin, uh, Ryan Easton, and he handed me a five iron, and uh, he, he's a golfer, and he, he told me what to do, and I, and I hit the ball, and it was actually a good shot. And, uh, and the rest of the day, I mean, it was like I would drive the ball, five just give me the five iron and I would just hit it hard if I had to hit it hard I'd hit it soft if I had I mean I just golfed with the five iron that day so I can't go golfing without him saying well you got your five iron I'm not a golfer but for all of us whether you like the game of golf or not here's the deal there's a fairway right that's the short pretty cool looking grass you know it's real short it's real nice and it's just beautiful landscape and then on the sides it's bordered right and on the borders you've got you've got rough stuff you've got Lakes, water, sand, high grass, rough, woods. I mean, that it's bordered by these things. Just like golf, there's a fairway and then there's, there, there's rough borders. So it is with, with what I would say is, is God's will. That, that, that God's will is like a door frame and, 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 it's, and it's, it, it's bordered by two things. Now, the best way to describe the will of God, I think, is we've got to understand that it's not finite. Like, this is the only job you can have because then all it takes is one person to get the wrong job and then it's just a chain reaction and we all have the wrong job you know maybe that's what happened uh but it's more think of the will of god as more of a zone as 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 that door frame more of a you get your life in this zone in in this walkway and walk through this and 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 life will be pretty pretty sweet i mean the game of golf when you get off in the rough it, it gets very maddening, you know. That's when you just start breaking clubs and, you know, and getting mad. But if you stay in the fairway, and it's pretty delightful, you know, and an enjoyable, enjoyable game. So, so it is with our spiritual walk. You guys know this. You, you, you get outside the will of God. It, it gets hazardous. It, it gets messed up, and it, get, it gets ugly. Well, um, <clears throat> just as like in our 
in the, in the golf game, if you keep it in the fairway, it, it, keeps, it, it keeps it nice. The will of God is going to be bordered by two things. And the two things we're going to camp out with is, is one today and, and one next week. And this first border we're going to look at is, is what we're going to call the moral will of God. And we know that what the moral will of God is just by simply reading what he's written in the word of God. That the moral will of God. Um, you know, and, you, and sometimes you think commandments. And, and can I just say the commandments are for us. The commandments are for our pleasure. It, it's not restrictive do's and don'ts for, from a God that's just trying to make us feel pressure to love him. You know, we've spent the last three weeks talking about religion and just, ugh, you know, on religion. And, but the thing is, is these commandments, this, this moral will of God, it's like, oh, you start reading the Bible and understanding the moral will of God, you're going to start kind of seeing, oh, if I play this way, life, you're going to find out gets enjoyable. It's delightful. It, it's nice to be on this side. And, and the other doorframe, the, the other part of the doorframe is what we're going to call the sovereign will of God. And it's what is God up to on earth? What is he doing? And how can I be a part of it? See, a misconception a lot of times is that we think God is there just to be like at our beck and calling to come bless whatever we're doing or whatever we're wanting to do or whatever mess we create for ourselves. You know, it's just like calling the heavenly Santa Claus to, you know, to come bless me when I get snagged up. The sovereign will of God, we'll talk about it more next week, week but what, what is he doing and how can I line up and serve him with my life? And live with some purpose to bring, to bring glory to him. So this is the statement. The more we know the moral will of God, the more we know the sovereign will of God, the more we're going to find, the easier it will be to find the will of God for your life. And so, let me look at my notes. This is, I told you I'm rusty. <coughs> All right, I'm going to show you a picture. Now this picture probably doesn't uh, mean anything to you uh but this is of great beauty to me um 12 years ago right now it was february uh it was 12 years ago check it on the calendar uh um i was uh i was a freshman at university of southern indiana and uh, down here in evansville and uh, it, was a, it was a day in February like, like you aren't supposed to have these days in February. I mean, it was really nice. It was sunny. It was like, holy cow, this day rocks, you know. And we've had a few of those the last couple of weeks. But uh, so that, it was this particular day. And my, my, my faith at the time, you know, had been kind of wavering back and forth. And, and there was some nagging. There was some deep nagging in my, in, in my spirit and my soul just deep and it was starting to billow i had started hearing more of the moral will of god because i had gotten with some friends who invited me to a, a college bible study and then from that i i went to some different services and i and i and i started getting around people my age and and just kind of a different way of of, of doing things and, and it started something just started billowing up in me and i was like man god what is this and it was just this some of you know what i'm talking about it's just this this man what is going on this beautiful day, I uh, I was home um, in my in my dorm room, uh, being a good student. I was working on my college algebra. Sun shining in the window, wanting to get it done so I could get the the frisbee out and go out with the guys. And uh, I was working on my college algebra. Never forget it. 
College algebra is doing it. God, God was just on my mind. And I'm like, something's not right. I'm, I'm just not there. I, I, you know, it's like course correction. I just, something wasn't right. And I threw down the pencil. I audibly said, let's do this. And I was talking to God. Like, come on. Let's, let's, let's settle this right now. Uh, and I opened my uh, drawer, got my keys out, got about halfway across the dorm room. And I was like, oh, maybe I should take my Bible. So I came back, grabbed my Bible. Maybe he would want to say something like that. I go out and I go off and I, I just wanted to get away from everything. And I, and I had found this place previously when me and some of the guys went out in the woods and trying to find different stuff. And we found this. And uh, so I went out and I sat at this picnic table right there in that bottom left-hand corner. And um, I sat there. I set the Bible down, and I just kind of put my hands up in the air. I was all alone. I said, God, I'm done with this. I I want to be in the zone. I'm starting to understand more of what you say in your word of of how I should be living and stuff like that. And I understand stuff, but something's not right. I just, I want to do this right. What is the will for my life? you know your, your will for my life and, and I just sat there and and it Jesus and I I mean we really met and um and I left that place and and, and I promise there was a feeling I got that 12 years ago that I I promise I mean it, it has not gone away I just you know I'm not saying I'm perfect by any means I'm not saying I don't ever get out of the door frame but it's been like you know Man, it just feels so good to just be surrendered and just be like, God, I know I'm making mistakes, but I'm looking for your moral will, sovereign will, and, and, and what am I doing? So I, get, I leave that place, and I'm like, this is awesome. I have no idea what I'm doing with my life. I get back to the dormitory. I walk in. One of the guys coming down the hallway, hey, Nelson, what's up? I say, dude, I'm awesome. Like, I have no clue what I'm doing with my life now. Like, honestly, no clue. I thought I had it all figured out. I, I don't know what I'm doing. And I've never been happier. Dude, this is awesome. And I just keep walking on. And he's just like, all right, Nelson. You know, like, whatever. And he goes in. And I go into my dorm room. And, I mean, it was just this, this fear and joy all together. He, here's the thing. When I sat there. I was so afraid. I was just like, God, I just felt this urge. Like I wanted to just jump into him. You know what I mean? But I was afraid. And, and a lot of my conversation on that table was, just don't let me fall. Don't let me fall. Like I don't want to fall. I want to believe this with all my heart. But this is, this is hard. I mean, it was, a, it was my real plunge of just like, I'm yours. I want to be in the zone. Well, that spot is, is, is very important to me. Uh, in the Old Testament, what they did was they would build these monuments and these altars that w- when, when they would experience God. That's what you read in the Old Testament. And they built an altar here and they named it so-and-so. What that altar was for was because it resembled, it, it symbolized an experience with God. And, it, uh, and then it, it, it provided a way that future generations, when they would go on their pilgrimage and walk through these places people would get to tell their kids and their grandkids this is what the lord did here and they got to retell the stories of faith and 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 faith got passed down through the generations the stories got passed down well i mean this is my modern altar this is my modern like monument and so uh four years ago it was 2008 which is eight years after it happened i took my wife there she had heard all the stories 
but I, but I took my wife here, and um, I do this every time. And I got to just sit at that picnic table with her by my side. And it was just kind of like this. Well, Lord, here we are again. Um, it's been eight years, and uh, you haven't let me fall. And um, I just got to sit there, you know, with my wife and just taking the scenery and just kind of replay the day. And, yeah, this, this, is, this is what happened this day. And, and tell her again. And then, then her and I just together got to say, okay, let, let's pray now. God, we want to dance in this door frame. We want to dance in this zone. We want to dance in the will of you for our family from here on out. Like just keep us, protect us, and, and, and keep us in this frame. And and my plans are, uh, well, so I did something you probably shouldn't do, but I don't care. Um, I uh, I did a little little engraving, and I just put home because I mean that's that's home for me. That's that's where me and God, we we did it. In Philippians three seven, of course, you can look it up later, but that's the passage about I now consider everything a loss to just knowing Jesus Christ, my Savior, and uh, and so here's the deal. Um, in case you didn't know, our third third one on the way is a boy so we've we're, we got three boys I, i'm gonna take the army of boys here uh sometime in the future i will take my sons to this place and i'll say this is what the lord did for your dad this is this is what this is what happened and and as a family we will we will go there and, and again i believe that there are modern day altars and monuments we can build and it would be very cool just one little side note because this is how important place this is to me. Uh, Dave Lloyd, he plays keyboard and he's a very dear friend of mine. Um, and he, un, I did not know anything about this. He had a friend who had a kid go to USI. He told that kid, hey, start going around taking pictures as many buildings as you can take. Uh, I want to do something for, for, for me. And uh, he landed a picture of, 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 of this place yeah, I mean, he nailed it, and then he uh, he made it, put a magnet on it, and then he just wrote on it, "For I know the plans I have for you," declares the Lord, "plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future." And uh, talk about opening up a gift that. How did you know? Like th- this just sits on my uh, desk right there, and, and, and it's been right there. Th- this is where I felt like I got into that zone. People, I am your worship leader, and my heart craves, craves to know that you guys are in the doorframe of the will of God. Yes, we're going to mess up. Yes, we're going to take wrong doors here and there. But overall, we're, we're lining up into the, the, the will of God. Some of you are so much more into faith than I am. I mean, I'm, I'm encouraged being around so many of you. But no matter where we're at today, my prayer this, this message, what I'm trying to do is saying life is just so good when you're, when you're trying to stay in this door frame, this, this will of God. And, and we're trying to discover what that looks like together today. And, and it starts with the moral will. It starts with the Bible. It really does. Listen, I really believe God has a plan for you. And no matter you think you've added chapters. Well, in Psalms, read this. In Psalm 139, it says this. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. 
And I know you're saying, dude, I have added a ton of chapters to my story because there's no way God, you know, thought, saw this coming. Here's the thing. He makes the last chapter work, folks. He, he makes it work. Listen, I know this. I mean, I, I, I crave for you to believe this with all your heart. It's the word of God, Romans 8.28. We know, I mean, we know that in all things God works for, those, for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Now, let's go back to the moral will of God, the words of God. Sometimes we violate the moral will of God, right? We all fall short. The moral will of God is pretty self-explanatory. I mean, it's black and white. It's there for us to read. Don't commit adultery. Don't lie. I mean, love what is good. Hate what is it. But we fall short. We violate it, okay? You need to know just in case life's heavy right now and, and you're kind of way out there, it, it's okay. I mean, here's some theological for you. I mean, God loves you all the more for that. In, in Romans, it says this. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. And you guys know this isn't a license to go let her rip tonight. By absolutely no means. We put the chapters and the verses in the Bible. This is the same letter, same teaching. Just a couple sentences later, it says this. So, shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? And that's my plea for you. How, how can we go on any longer living the life, living the lie that we've been living like how can we do it i mean god was so rich in mercy so rich in grace i don't want to do it any longer i want to grab my keys i want to go find the place and have it out with god say man i, I want to get back in this door frame of, of your will and here's the beautiful beautiful scripture this is exactly um what god god wants it's, he doesn't want to kick you this morning he's not trying to to beat you with a club but I really believe this, is, this, this passage is one of those that maybe you can just tuck away and it could do some great, huge things for you. Isaiah says it like this. Hey guys, whether you turn to the right or you turn to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, come on back. This is the way. Walk in it. Walk through this door. People, I, Unfortunately, religion has painted God differently a lot of times. But God is not irate and mad. He's simply just saying, really? I mean, that's the doors you're wanting to walk through? I mean, I got one right here. Just, just walk through it. Come this way. This way. Some of you have been hearing that voice and you've been ignoring it. Some of you just straight up are ignoring it. Nah, I'm just challenging you. Uh, why not today? You know, do something about it. There's three questions I want to ask you. The first one is, what am I doing that I should not be doing? What am I doing that I should not be doing? Guys, this is not just a simple Sunday school lesson, okay, about you need to know the will of God and you learn that by reading his Bible, read the Bible, and that's it. I mean, this is, makes sense. This is what makes the game of golf easier and enjoyable when you're when you're on the fairway is the moral will of god what are you doing that you should not be doing there's stuff out there 
And, and the moral will of God is, is here. And it's just saying, man, you line up with this, life is going to be a whole lot easier. There's a lot of course corrections that we can take to get back into this and, and go for it. And uh, there's some scriptures that, that talk about that. Romans 12.2 says this, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. It's so easy to get enamored by the world. Music, media, culture, movies. I mean, just life. I mean, the world makes doors look really fancy. And it's easy to walk through them. He's saying, no, no, no. Don't do that. Renew your mind by reading God's will, reading God's word, and finding out His good and pleasing, perfect will, the fair way. Uh, in Proverbs, we're encouraged like this. It says, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. You have choices. It's saying keep your foot from evil. Pick the way that it's firm. You guys know most of our decisions when, when they're not of God. We know it before we make it. We know there is nothing firm in this walkway. Nothing firm to go this way. And yet, we walk. And then, and, and then it's a mess. Now, in the golf, when you get out in the, in the rough, you know, you got a couple of choices. It's like you can either say, give me a bigger club, and I'm just going to hit it as hard as I can and try to get through the trees. You know, I, I, I've been in the trees a couple of times. And, uh, and usually you got to tell your partner, like, are you behind the cart? Because I'm about to hit it. You good? I mean, that's, I'm used to playing like that because... You're going to hit a tree, it's going to ricochet, and bad things can happen. And uh, that's how it is spiritually. I mean, we get off, and we get into a hazardous situation, and I think sometimes we say, we can handle it. And, and we just take a bigger club, and, and we just say, we can figure this out. We're going to go through it, this door, and this door, and this door. And then things start ricocheting, and then relationships start spiraling out of control. And then life just gets real heavy, and, and then it just starts to crumble, and just spiral down and but but in golf if you just you know kind of just take a chipper or whatever and turn back away to the fairway and just just chip it chip it right out back to the fairway and you walk out to the fairway and then you're like oh sweet it's just a course correction you know you're not trying to bulldoze through god god's saying over here just hit it over here and then we'll, we'll get lined up again my grace is sufficient we'll get it all lined up and then we're going to go for it again and then you, you, you get walking again. In Psalms 1, Psalm 1, Psalm 1, it says this. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Now, I want to teach you something real fast. But his delight is in the law. That word law, the Hebrew word for law is Torah. And so the Torah was the first five books of the Bible, what later we were known as the, the Pentateuch, okay? And, that, and that's the first five books of the Bible. So the readers, when they, when they read this and they saw the word law, they thought Torah, which was the word of God, first five books of the Bible. Now this greatly changes our perception when we read something like that, because if you're like me, I've always read, but your delight is in the law, like, 
oh, we have to learn all the do's and don'ts. Like, that's what we're delighting in. I cannot stand that. Hang on. All right, so the do's and the don'ts. And we, and we think that's what you've got to meditate on. And it's like, well, what do I do? Like, memorize the Ten Commandments and I can say them backwards? Or, you know, like, w- what is meditating on the law? Meditating on the law is meditating on the Torah, the stories, the genealogies, the poetry, the suspenseful stories of God. Delighting in the law of the Lord is, is delighting in the story of Adam and Eve. And, and, and God said it was good. Oh, sin happened. Oh, God corrected it. Oh, hey, story of Noah. God wanted to do away with the sins of the world, but he didn't want to do away with the people. So he told Noah exactly how to build a boat so humankind can be saved and, and grace could be sufficient. It, it's delighting on the story in the story of Moses and the, the sea of doubt, the Red Sea. And some of us have had a sea of doubt in our life where it's like, holy cow, how can I overcome this? And he breaks the sea open. To meditate on the word of the Lord is so much more than just know your do's and don'ts. It's God is unveiling his character. He's letting you see who he is and how he acts and what he's about. And all through the Bible, which now for us would be the entire Bible, we see that God is faithful, God is just, God is love. And the more we meditate on this, the more we get to know him, the more we're like, yes, I want to keep my feet straight on the path. We're going to start to get in that fairway more and more, and we're going to stay in there. And we're going to be like, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. The word of God says this. I don't want to do that. I don't want to violate it and get in the rough. I can do this. I can read the black and white words and understand what it says and and try my best to stay in that fairway. We'll talk about this part more uh, next week. The first question, what am I doing that I should not be doing? Some of you need to stop doing. You need to re- repent. There are people in here that just need to stop doing something that directly violates the word of God. It's tough. The second question is kind of the opposite of that one. It says, what am I not doing that I should be doing? Um, James 4 this is a hard scripture. It, it says, anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. And in First Peter, he's talking about a godly man. He says, as a result, he does not live the rest of his earthly life for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. And that's going to get more into next week of, the, of that one. That it's no more, I, okay, I don't want to live for my will. I want to do what I'm supposed to do. And I don't want to live for my will, but I want to live for your will. And I want to be a part of what you're doing and not live for my sinful or selfish desires anymore. What, what are you not doing that you should be doing? Some of you have a nagging about that to deal with it. Question number three says, why not do it today? And, and, and that's my question. Second uh, Corinthians six two it says this. For he says, in the time of my favor I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you now, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. So here's the deal. In the course correction we're talking about, some of us are off track. The best first step we can take is to get in the Word of God, not. Just simply read your word, but meditate and learn who he is and let that shape who we want to be. 
these are not just ancient words, okay? The Bible was written a long time ago, but it's not just ancient words. They are alive, they are active, and they can change. They can change me, they can change you. They are ever present and ever true. They're not ancient words. So, this morning, my, the band's going to sing a song and just want you to take a few moments and just hear the words and just start to sort some of this stuff out. But I just encourage you to just kind of, whether you need to close your eyes or just sit there in silence and just hear these words just about um, the ancient words of God. And then uh, we'll go from there. Read the word that 
that, that you see a reflection. And so, so you read a verse about love, and then you say, yeah, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm doing that. Or, or you'll be like, whoa, that, that looks pretty bad. I don't, I don't see myself doing that at all. But that's good when, when you see something that looks bad because the Bible's for teaching, rebuking, correcting, encouraging. So the more things that, oh, that doesn't look so good in my life, that's good. God's shaping you, molding you. Um, please, don't think the only point of this morning is just to read your Bible. I want you to meditate on the Bible. I've put out a Bible reading plan out at the Welcome Center for some of you. I know technology now, and we've got all of our gadgets, and we can have verses sent to us each day, and Bible plans on iPads, whatever. This is old school. This is just a good old piece of paper that, that, that has a reading plan. And um, I just set it out there for, for I don't want to be a pastor who tries to encourage you and not give you an action item. Just take one. Now, I will tell you this. This is a Bible reading plan to read it in a year. And I look in my eyes. If, if you come to me and say, how I did it. I read the Bible in a year. I will poke you in the eyes. Because that is so not the goal here. The goal is to meditate on the Word of God. The reason I pass this out it's because the Bible's a big book. It's, let's be honest, it's intimidating. I mean, where do I read today? Where, where do I even begin? And this is pretty cool that it just kind of lays it out, gives, gives you somewhere to start. If you make it halfway through, great. If you make one verse, great. Just, it's just a guideline to, to help you overcome the, where do I start? The Word of God. You want to know what the will of your life? Start with reading it. I mean, it really is a border that will, will lead you on. I'm going to pray, and then the band's going to sing one song. Make it your prayer as you sing, and then, uh, then we'll be dismissed. Hope you join us next week as we continue to discuss uh, doors. Uh, just seek the Lord this week. Seek the Lord. Let's pray. God, please help us seek you. Lord, you have done great things. Our lips simply cannot recount and retell all the marvelous deeds you have done. You are beautiful. You really are. God and I, there's naggings in us. There, there, there's things in us that we just so badly just, we want to honor you, God. We, we really do. And we just get messed up sometimes in the doors. Um, Lord, thank you for your great grace. And please, in your mercy this week, pull us back into the right door and let us dance in this door frame with you. Let life just get a little easier, a little brighter, a little clearer. Lord, come. Come, come lead us as we seek you. In Jesus' name.